Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, here with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli and Cryptolissa. Hey, Jake, how's it been going? Oh, pretty good. How about you, Lissa? So, with that being said, disclaimer time. As we all know, this content is for entertainment purposes only. Any comments made by the host or guest is not financial advice. Exactly. What she said. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with, let's refresh the page here. Starting off with Bitcoin. By the way, we are getting our uh, top 10 from CoinGecko.com. First one is going to be Bitcoin settling at $43,754.44 with a seven-day gain of 0.2% and a market cap of $828 billion. Number two, Ethereum settling at $3,351.81 with a seven-day loss of 5.8% and a market cap of $399 billion. Number three, Binance Coin settling at $480.75 with a 0.9% gain and a market cap of $80 billion. Number four, we have Tether settling at $1 with a seven-day gain of 0.2%. My apologies, that's a loss of 0.2% and a market cap of $78 billion. Number five, Solana settling at $149 and 36 cents with a seven-day loss of 4.1 percent and a market cap of 46 billion dollars number six usd coin settling at one dollar of course with a seven-day slight gain of 0.1 percent and a market cap of 44 billion dollars okay number seven cardano settling at one dollar and 31 cents with a seven-day gain of 6.1 percent and a market cap of 42 billion dollars and number eight xrp settling at wow 79 cents with a seven day gain of two percent and a market cap of 37 billion dollars number nine terra settling at 81 dollars and 17 cents with a seven day gain of 2.9 percent and a market cap of 28 billion dollars and last but not least for our top 10, we have Polkadot settling at $26.89 with a, hmm, no gain, no loss in the past seven days. It is going sideways, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Hmm. What do you think? What do you say? It does have a market did cap you, uh, Did you notice that the, uh, the difference in market cap between Terra and Polkadot is like, what is it? Like, uh, like 10 million? 20, 20 billion. 20, 20, <laughs> 10 billion, yeah. 20 million. Really yeah. close. Yeah, it's really, really close. Mm -hmm. Ten million dollars. So. Yep. And of course. And actually, that's true. Look at like look at that. Wait, is that no? It's twenty-eight. I was looking at the wrong thing. It's twenty-eight. Terra and Polkadot are like, you know, ten ten million dollars apart, and then uh, Avalanche and Dogecoin are like twenty-two. Yeah. What, seven, seven, five hundred, five hundred million apart. It's pretty close. And then Shiba and Poly are pretty much neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, yep. hey, pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So the overall total market cap as of this moment is at 2.2 trillion dollars up by 3.3 percent 
in the last 24 hours, which is good. But as we continue on down into the future, down the rabbit hole into the crypto future, Bitcoin dominance is slowly degrading to currently at 37.71%. Wow. Yeah, ETH isn't really going up or down very much. As of late, we already said that it was down, you know, six percent over the last week. It's all that Shiba, uh, it's, man. It, <laughs> actually, it's a lot of altcoins. That's you, you've been saying this for quite some time. That altcoins are really making the making up the difference between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and everything else. Cryptonauts, make sure you collect your candies. Hit the candy jar. Click collect. Get some awesome discounts and some free NFTs. All right, Jake, back to you. Alrighty. Uh, we appreciate when everybody is out there gives us a like. If you really like our content, we'd appreciate a like from us, uh, from you on uh, YouTube. I don't think you could do that on Anchor at this time. But if you appreciate the content more than just the like, hey, go ahead and sit, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, that's across all platforms. You can check us out on Discord. There's a lot of stuff going on Discord right now, particularly the Raven Torch uh, uh, passing, the passing of the Raven Torch. If you want to participate with that, you got to join us on, on Discord. The link is below. Uh, we also have the, the market and the stickers that are going out right now for the uh, halvening. Check us out on disc, uh, pardon, on uh, Patreon. We've got uh, three different levels of uh, uh, participation. You can uh, join us on there with extra content available. And if you want to support us in any other way that's crypto-related, we accept Binance, Ethereum, Bitcoin, BAT, it's a bunch of B words, and Raven. <laughs> All the links are in the description below. Actually, Jake, uh, the uh, coin tree has been updated and it has a massive amount more coins. I'm showing everybody, all the all the viewers right now, what what we have available uh, to accept. So yeah, it's a whole massive list now. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, That's good to know that the coin tree has been updated. But yeah, it's it's really convenient because it rather than having a mess of links in the in the description, we have coin tree you can check out. Mm -hmm. So perfect. All right, let's get started with the first news. Um, I'll go ahead and take that. Sure, why not? Thank you. First news written by... Ugh. Um, Antonia. Antonia. No, wait, what? Antonia? Am I... Yeah, that's I the South right Africa no, the South Africa police article. Oh, there's a newer one. Ripple. <gasps> oh my gosh, out. I gotta re refresh. You're right, Ripple. Okay, hit that one. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> All right. My bad. Newest one um, written by... Shayanika Deka, Ripple's development arm launches NFT DevNet. According to the official blog post, prominent cryptographer and Ripple X software engineer Nick Bugalis uh, revealed that the, that the developers may begin building applications and tokenization use cases. It also outlined the addition of XLS-20D, a proposal first introduced in May 2021. For context, it aimed to usher the in extensions to the XRP ledger that will support a native NFT type, along with provisions to en enumerate, purchase, sell, and hold such tokens. And here's a tweet from Mr. Uh, Bugalis. Continue on. Bugalis also noted that developers could access all important functionalities related to non-fungible tokens, such as minting, trading, and burning. In addition, the NFT DevNet supports advanced features, including automatic royalties. Co-ownership is also incorporated into the platform. 
Automatic royalties allow more sophisticated royalty structures for creators while co-ownership amplifies access possibilities to assets. The NFT dev DevNet is still in beta, allowing developers to test the functionalities on XRP Ledger before the mainnet release. Initially, XLS-20D will be launched on the NFT testnet to enable developers to assess NFT capabilities and server operators to examine the performance and results of the proposed modifications without trading off XRP Ledger's performance. While stating that Sorry. the latest launch marks the beginning of Ripple's X's proposal for NFT capabilities, Bugalis added, quote, We're excited to bring our proposal for NFT capabilities to life on the NFT DevNet, a test network with feature functionality that will look exactly like the primary DevNet. Mm. There's no stopping NFTs. The 2021 has been a wild year for NFTs, according to the latest stats by DAP Radar. Trading with such token hit $25 billion last year compared to $94.9 million in 2022. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. NFT sales climbed to $11.6 billion in Q4 in 2021 alone. OpenSea emerged as the star performer with skyrocketing trading volumes. The industry's explosive growth can be attributed to the in entry of celebrities, brands, iconic auction houses, emergence of GameFi, venture capitalist foray, as well as metaverse hype. Beyond the initial hype, Modesta Mo Mozoit, DAP Radar's head of finance and research believes companies engaging with NFTs have turned their focus on utility and integrating with other burgeoning territories of decentralized finance and gaming. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much NFT has come along, but at the same time, this NFT DevNet's a good idea um, mm -hmm. for testing out functionality in NFTs before they go live rather than just having to put them on the live. That's one of the things, you know, like, like, like with the mining, you can test it out on a DevNet with with purchase with making purchases. You can test it out on the, on the net to find out what your cost would be before sending. But nobody really had an NFT uh, test net, and that's good to see it, that they're doing that. So, continuing on with the news, South African police launch investigation into alleged crypto fraud. Do you want to do this one, Lisa, or do you want me to do it? You can do it. I can do the next one. Alrighty. This is by Antonio E. Oh boy. Uh, Ishi. 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 Oh, is it an L or an I? It looks like I S I C H E I. Yeah. Ishi. 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 Alright, I'm gonna go with Ishi. Ishi. Um, probably gonna have to say her name again in the future. Antonio. Uh, Ishi. Uh, alright. So. The police in South Africa are looking into a possible crypto scam case after an investment company attempted to reimburse some investors from a now defunct AfriCrypt exchange. Bloomberg informed that uh, the South African police forces across four provinces, including Durban and Johannesburg, are currently investigating reports in connection with the alleged AfriCrypt <laughs> Interesting. After cryptic scam from 2021 involving co-founder brothers Race and Amer Kaji. The uh, coverage states that 
Dubai-based investment company Penathon Project Management LLC approached a number of out-of-pocket investors and the, uh, of the exchange and attempted to offer a portion of the lost investment. Following the offer the Penathon, uh, from Penathon, the investors are now pushing for the rest of both Reis and Amir Keji, uh, whose whereabouts remain unknown. Lieutenant Colonel uh, Filani Nikwalazi, I hope I pronounced his name correctly, from the Hawks Police Unit disclosed that investigations are ongoing and the police plan to work with multiple victims of the case, regarding the official value lost to the alleged fraud. Nikolazi uh, stated that the relevant financial records continue to be analyzed and that the exact figure remains unknown. Kaji Brothers are still untraceable as of April 2021, when about 69,000 Bitcoin mysteriously uh, disappeared from the Africa, Africa Exchange. Suspicion soared after Amir, the chief operating officer of the platform, issued a statement explaining the situation as a hack and urged customers to avoid reporting to the authorities. That's not fishy at all. <laughs> Some investors were reportedly unsatisfied and hired the law firm Anacom attorneys to look into the incident. Anacom discovered that AfriCrypt employees lost back-end access seven days before the supposed hack, followed by the transfer of missing funds via mixers to other large pools of BTC, which made the funds harder to trace. More regulatory policies needed. South Africa's lack of cryptocurrency regulation policies could prove a stumbling block in ongoing investigations in the AfriCrypt saga. After, as the head of enforcement at the country's finance sector conduct authority or FSCSA, or FSCA Brandon Tofen, uh, Toppen uh, said last year crypto assets do not fall under the category of recognized financial products however the FSCA also announced plans to introduce a regulatory framework designed to offer some protection for digital asset holders in South Africa sounds like what we're doing in the US sort of this comes as no surprise as digital asset usage continues to grow across the continent According to data from Chainalysis, Africa experienced a staggering 1,200% rise in crypto adoption in 2021 alone. Also, a survey by London-based firm Luno revealed that 50% of Africans invest in cryptocurrency to pay for their children's education. This further reinforces the narrative that crypto is growing in Africa. Probably... Uh, as of my opinion, obviously, this is uh, kind of a side comment to what is being said in this, at least the end of the, that note, is that it's probably more stable than their their country's mm -hmm. native currency. Yeah. So. I get the Brazilian giant thing there, Alyssa? Yep. So, Brazilian crypto giant 2TM acquires Portuguese exchange. And this is written by uh, Dikamar and... Zanzarov. Zanzarov is a... We've been pronouncing it, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. The D's always silent. Zanz Come on, haven't you watched Django? No, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, just the Dimitar and Zanzarov. Okay. 2PM Group the parent company of Brazil's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Mercado Bitcoin, reportedly acquires a controlling stake in Portuguese-based digital asset, the new crypto 
Uh-oh. Did we lose her? Hello? You're cutting Can in you hear me? Barely. Oh. Can, uh -oh. can you hear me now? Better? Oh, yeah. Better. Where? Better. Okay. You want me to start over? Sure. Okay. So, um, Brazilian crypto giant 2TM acquires Portuguese exchange, and this is Ditmore Zanzara. Mm -hmm. uh, 2TM Group, the parent company of Brazil's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Mercado Bitcoin, reportedly acquired a controlling stake in Portuguese-based digital asset trading venue, Crypto Loja? Yes? Crypto Loja. Last year, the latter became the first platform in Portugal with an official license as a virtual asset service pro provider. Mm -hmm. um, according to a January 12th report by uh, Reuters, the Brazilian... It's Reuters, actually. Oh, R-E-U-T-E-R-S. It's Reuters. It's weird. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I pronounce it completely different. Um, the Brazilian organization valued it approximately... Uh, 2.2 billion declined to disclose the country's uh, central bank green lights it. Roberto Dagnol, chief executive officer at 2TM, commented, quote, is a strategic market for us because it requires a specific license. It is becoming a hub for crypto in Europe and opens a gateway into the larger European market. And initially, 2TM will start its European expansion with an over-the-counter operation while it plans to introduce the Mercado Bitcoin to European retail and institutional investors later on. It is worth noting that the mentioned video is the largest in Brazil by market valuation last year. It reaches more than 3 million customers and traded over 6 billion. Despite the transition, Luis Gomez and Pedro Borges, crypto. crypto will remain co-heads of the business. They will also lead 2TM's future initiatives on the old continent. Apart from Europe, the Brazilian company is looking to reach other areas around the globe. 2TM's Executive Director, Daniel Carnero de Cojuna, revealed, we will be looking at other jurisdictions as well to set up proprietary operations and though that will that be able to gain exposure to regulatory and existing licenses uh, to TM's previous efforts. At the end of last year, the holding company of the exchange raised 50 million from investors. It vowed to use the proceeds 
to increase its product offering and, and expand its services to other Latin American markets, including Chile, Argentina, Mexico, and Colombia. The funding rounded received the funding round received support from no, notable investors such as U.S. private equity firm Ten T Holdings, San Francisco-based venture capital fund Tribe Capital, Endeavor Bill, and more. Prior to this, in July 2021, QTM's Mercado Bitcoin received $200 million investment from the Japanese multinational conglomerate holding company SoftBank Group, uh, Brazil's leading digital asset exchange, revealed it will utilize the funds into expanding its offerings around the globe, scale its operations, and invest in necessary infrastructure to meet the rising demand for crypto services. Huh. All right. That was a long read, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was longer than most. Yeah. All right. Let's do the next one then. Next one is written by Jordan Lyonchev. $1.3 billion of Bitcoin withdrawal from exchanges as miners' reserves reach yearly high. After the most recent correction in which BTC lost 15% of value in days, Bitcoin miners have started to accumulate in large portions once again. At the same time, yesterday saw the most significant Bitcoin withdrawals from crypto exchanges since September. Being the backbone of the Bitcoin network, miners' behavior in regards in their BTC holdings is essential for the overall landscape around the asset. Typically, they tend to sell after a substantial price appreciation to cover some of its electricity cost or simply realize profits and vice versa. Most recently, though, they have been holding onto their Bitcoin positions. The cryptocurrency's latest price slides, meaning the drop from $47,000 to sub $40,000 level, only propelled miners to increase their accumulation according to on-chain data from Glassnode. As seen in the charts above, miners have enhanced accumulation since the beginning of January. As a result, the overall balance skyrocketed in the same time frame as registered in new yearly highs. Now here's a couple screenshots here for the viewers. If you're a listener, you can always head over to our C3 Media YouTube channel and see what we're seeing here on the screen. There's a couple screenshots here from... Um, Glassnode. All right. So, in addition to miners refusing to dispose of their BTC holdings, data from CryptoQuaint data revealed that investors have started to withdraw substantial Bitcoin quantities from exchanges. The daily outflows from larger trading ventures were closed to 30,000 BTC yesterday. From a USD perspective, this amount is around $1.3 trillion with today's prices. It's worth noting that this is the largest daily outflow from exchanges since last from late September. Back then, the asset prices was also on the downfall for a while before it reversed its trajectory shortly after and beginning its October and November bull run, resulting in all-time highs at $69,000. Technically, it was $69,420. I, mm. I, I think it's wrong because... Uh... 30,000 times 40,000 is only 1.2 billion. I think they meant to say billion. 1.3 trillion would be half of the entire market. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Bitcoin's so. never reached 1.3 trillion dollars, so... Um, uh, no, it actually has. 
And that was just that highest was, value that was last year. Mm-hmm. What's it? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I was wrong. All right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, I think that number is wrong because uh, that would have been all of Bitcoin disappeared. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe it did. I don't know. Following <laughs> the drop below forty thousand dollars, now Bitcoin reacted well and recovered a few thousand dollars in a few days. Moreover, the asset jumped to forty-four thousand dollars today on news about the highest inflation rates in the states in the past 40 years. This became BTC's new weekly peak. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, we, it, we've had insane inflation. Just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, there's a lot of unprecedented things happening as of late. And it's the thing is, I guess the weirdest is it's not due to like a major war in the world. It's nope. due to climate change, mm-hmm. the weirdestness of of, of COVID affecting literally the entire planet yep. and though the, the cast, the cascade effects that have to happen as a result of those two weird things, bro. Um, but you know what? The reality is I, I've never felt more free in my entire life knowing that my, my holdings are in crypto and not in fiat. No joke. <laughs> I, no, no joke. I am. I see everybody stressing because they're holding on to this this paper that is just vaporizing out of their hands. It's crazy. And I'm looking at my crypto like, hmm, okay, yeah, it's going down today, but tomorrow I know it's going to go back up. Now your paper, that on the other hand, it's never just coming back. Just keeps going down. Just, yeah. It just keeps going down. It, it keeps losing value, losing value, losing value. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All right. Well, let's see here. Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather sued for promoting Ethereum Max token. It's also by Jordan Lanchev. Reality TV star Kim Kardashian and boxing legend Floyd Mayweather are among a target, are the targets of a recent lawsuit filed in Los Angeles federal court on January 7th. The suit alleges that the duo and other celebrities misled investors by promoting a digital currency known as Ethereum Max or Emax. Plaintiff, according to the court documents, represents investors who invested in the Ethereum Max scheme from May 14th through June 27th of 2021. It stated that the incurred losses as that they incurred losses, pardon me, as a result of the promotional activities of Kardashian Mayweather and others. Filings read that the Celebrities misled the investors by misrepresenting material facts with respect to the crypto asset by creating the impression that buying the token would generate th- would them what said, token would them generate profit. It's just out of order. Would generate them profit. Sorry. Anyways, <clears throat> according to a statement in a lawsuit, in furtherance of this scheme, defendants touted the prospects of the company and the ability for investors to make significant returns due to the favorable tokenomics of the Emax tokens. In truth, defendants marketed the Emax token to investors so that they could sell their portion of the float for a profit. It's kind of like a smash and grab mm-hmm. or a pump and dump. <clears throat> the furthering the filling, pardon me, the filing, <laughs> the filing further emphasized that the celebrities promoted the Ethereum Max via their social media accounts by collaborating with executives of the company. It added that the motive was to boost the value of the Emax token and lure as many investors as possible to purchase the asset. It also stated that the defendants accomplished their intended objectives. 
Other celebrity defendants in the case are Steve Gentile, Giovanni Peroni, uh, Justin French, and Paul Pierce. In a June 2021 Instagram post promoting Ethereum Max, Kimberly Kardashian, who calls her that, wrote to her 250 million followers, quote, are you guys into crypto? End quote, mm -hmm. she wrote, adding that her friends told her about Ethereum Max. However, she made it clear that the post was a paid advertisement and also stated that it was not financial advice. Floyd Mayweather wore customized Ethereum Max shorts during his fight. Most notably, he had such promo clothing on during the highly advertised billing rights exhibition against uh, Logan Paul in June 2021. So I don't know anybody who watched the Logan Paul fight because it just sounded like it was a joke. Um, but uh, yeah, so these guys are getting sued. I think that's unfortunate. Although, of course, her disclaimer, which it, I had to put it this way, but putting a disclaimer before mm -hmm. a um, spoken or written media post doesn't completely absolve us. We realize this is true. But the point is, we're trying to make it apparent, as she was obviously trying to make it apparent. She's like, hey, not financial advice. But the problem I think she has with hers is that she has so much sway so much influence mm -hmm. that's the reason they yeah. they probably paid her to do this yeah. um it, it has a lot more meaning though i say if our show which of course we want our show to have if our show had a million followers we might have a little bit different to say about it <laughs> eventually our show will you know mm -hmm. all right so you want to do that polygon thing there uh Alyssa? Uh, Polygon. Articles. Polygon. EIP fifteen fifty nine upgrade for next week, and this is written by Mandy Williams, leading Ethereum layer two scaling solution Polygon, announced today that the much-awaited Ethereum improvement or EIP-1559 upgrade will go live on the mainnet next week. In an official announcement on Wednesday, the India-based project noted that the upgrade, which will initiate the burning of Matic, is scheduled to go live on the mainnet January 18, 1559 upgrade, commonly known as the London Hardcore, completely revolution revolutionizes the how the fee market works on Ethereum network. It eliminates first price You guys still hear me? I hear you. I can't hear her. Yeah, she's completely gone now, right? Yeah, I can't hear her at all. I think she fell asleep. I don't think she fell asleep. I think <laughs> she just <laughs> may have lost connection. As it seemed like she was losing connection. That you saw my message I just sent to you. I was like, yeah. she, she just like I know her internet's bad, but you guys do the 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 live events all the time, right? Does does her internet this bad on the live events? Mm -mm, no. Well, I'll continue on. Where did she leave off at? 
Um, let's see. Let me see. I'll continue from uh, de deflationary effects on Matic. Uh, okay. Since Matic has a fixed supply of 10 billion tokens, any reduction in the number of available coins will have a deflationary effect on the asset. The project's core team noted that its analysis concluded that an annual burn of Matic would represent 0.27% of the token total supply, about 27 million Matic. For DAP users on the network, the EIP-1559 upgrade will further increase their benefits of enjoying even lower fees. However, there will be fewer Matic tokens available. Developers, on the other hand, will receive a boost as well uh, as well uh, a boost as all of their ethereum tool uh, toolings will work seamlessly and face minimal adverse effects the deflationary pressure will mutually benefit both validators and delegates since their rewards for pro processing transactions on the polygon network are denominated in matic uh, additionally the changes will result in fewer spam transactions and less ne network congestion congestion since the base fee increases automatically once the block is filled up. Meanwhile, Polygon recently detected a and fixed a bug that would have jeopardized over $24 billion worth of Matic. Wow, I'm glad they caught that. Mm. So how much of the fees did they, did they, let's see here. These weren't really ever all that high. I mean, well, if, if, any, if 1559 on Matic goes the same way as it did on Ethereum, I have a strong feeling it's not going to affect the network hardly at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it did on Ethereum, it did drop certain fees down, but it also made it so that, that miners couldn't kind of abuse the network, mm -hmm. which is good. I wasn't doing yeah, it, but, but plenty of people were. But regardless, like nothing really in the end, the end result for the end user, there was no real significant change. Uh, for, yeah, for the, end result, the only thing it tends to do is make it cheaper for the end user. So. Maybe question mark can i mean that's what it did on ethereum but of course the problem with ethereum was it meant more people were using it because they opened more lanes and just made it you know just that many more people started getting into it this is the thing i think everybody worries about like i mean can you imagine if hedera hashgraph became the, the end-all be-all for every kind of transaction eventually it would get saturated <laughs> eventually hmm. so hopefully you know you, up, you, op you open it and expand on it and just make it better but ethereum just they were really slow to, to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the uh, Billionaire Investor uh, article here by Martin Young. Oh, a, a pronounceable name. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My bad. Uh, billionaire Investor Mark Cuban seeks crypto utility over trading. Thank you, Martin Young. Speaking to CNBC on January 11th, the billionaire investor said he looks for utility when researching crypto investments. He followed up with tokens trading are the least important part of crypto in a Tuesday tweet. Decentralized platforms leveraging smart contract technologies and DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations are his preferred choices, he stated. And here's that tweet. NFT and Ethereum Maxi, that's what he is. He told CNBC that his mantra applies to everyday investors and what they should look for when considering investing into a crypto-related project. He said that the tokens are, that accrue value from the utility their platform creates could be valued like stocks before adding, quote, think ETH or Polygon tokens that are needed to transact on those networks have to buy them on to leverage the applications you want to use networks with 
popular apps will have valued tokens, end quote. Cuban is big on smart contracts and Ethereum, previously describing himself as an Ethereum maxi in early November. He is also into non-fungible tokens, aka NFTs, with his burgeoning portfolio very heavy on the NFT side. It includes investment in Lazy, NFT Genius, Fabrica, Nifty's Mintable, NFT42, CryptoSlam, OpenSea, and Super Rare, or Super Rare, <laughs> sorry, uh, NFT, uh, non-NFT related investments include a number of DeFi and Layer 2 scaling networks, such as DeFi Alliance, Zapper, Polygon, Injective Protocol, and Arbitrum. Yay, Arbitrum! Cuban uh, is not so fond of metaverse land, however, when he when asked about investing in virtual land, he said he was, quote, not a fan, end quote, and was not sure if they were even collectibles. I think he's wrong. Upland is awesome. That's just my opinion. I know I'm promoting them. I think Upland is cool. Quote, at some point, they may have some utility if metaverse, uh, if the metaverse they are in has enough users and the location is needed for something. Until then, uh, I avoid I've avoided, end quote. Big on Doge. <laughs> Cuban is big on Dogecoin, though, having expressed a preference over Bitcoin. As reported by Crypto Potato, the Shark Tank investor recently said, Bitcoin could not be considered a hedge against inflation and never will be, end quote. In his view, Dogecoin makes a better alternative as a payments network, echoing the sentiments of Elon Musk, who pumped Doge in early 2021, but eventually invested in BDC. Mm-hmm. I think he might have a point there. Yeah. Uh, Doge is obviously very popular, but as far as like just a payments thing, I mean, it, its price doesn't vary too much. So at one point it did, but anymore it doesn't seem to be doing that. So hmm. continuing right. on with the news. Let's see, I'll take the next one here. I think. Uh, I th- Com. Yeah, I think Lisa might be out for the night. Um, she's still having audio issues. So hopefully she gets back in, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, so the next one I'm taking is which one is uh, the CryptoCom, right? Let's see, this one's written by Jordan Lyonchev. CryptoCom NFT appoints former Apple and ESPN executive as senior director. Jeff Steller has been named by CryptoCom NFT as its senior director of NFT partnerships and business operations. A PR from the exchange said on Wednesday, Zeller previously occupied senior position at Sony Music and Apple and was the director of entertainment partnerships and marketing at ESPN before joining the crypto firm. The announcements shared with Crypto Potato informed about hiring of Zeller, who came directly from ESPN. The company said it works in line with other protocols from the non-fungible token industry, which tapped former sports and entertainment executives. NFTs continue to attract massive attention from people outside of the crypto landscape, as shown by the purchases of the likes of Eminem and the digital collection release of Melania Trump. Cryptocom's Weird NFT, reference, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cryptocom's NFTs platform has been the brainchild of another former, hmm, looks like they just covered it with a timestamp. Uh, blank. It says former mu- former music in- industry executive Joe Conyers the third. Huh, I wonder why my my has a timestamp covering it. That's I don't know. Maybe it's a mess up in the vid- uh, in the text. Interesting. Do you want me to? Can yeah, you see the rest? Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Joe uh, Conyers the third. The cryptocurrency company has since worked with notable names uh, like Cryptocom NFT, uh, 
uh, Aston Martin Formula One. Oh, Aston Martin, Aston Martin Formula One, UFC, and Snoop Dogg to launch digital works. Joining CryptoCom NFT for me is the convergence of my personal interest as well as my career experience, and I'm grateful for uh, Conyers, uh, Gilad Rodkins, Steve Galifowitz, Galifowitz, Chris Yang, and the rest of the organizations for the opportunity, commented Zellert on his new position. And we'll leave it at that. Cool. Congratulations, Mr. Zeller. Cool. Continuing on with more news. Clothing brand Gap launches NFT collection on Tezos with artist Brandon Sines. I hope that's Sines looks like right. By Andrew Thruvalas. Gap, a worldwide clothing retailer, if you didn't already know, uh, recently announced its launch of its first NFT collection through Tezos. The collection features a gamified digital experience for creatives and lets customers digitally own a collectible Gap hoodie. Ooh, that sounds familiar. The, the clothing brand its NFT project in a statement on its site on Wednesday. The collectibles were reportedly designed in partnership with Brendan Sines, the artist who created the Frank Ape uh, NFTs. Gap said that Sines' creation embodies self-expression, equality, and positivity, which align with the company's quote, values of modern American optimism, end quote. Another quote, with the part with this partnership with Gap, the creative cycle has come full circle as it allows me to express the beautiful messages of Frank Ape while collaborating with one of the most classic brands in history, end quote, says Sign. Quote again, I cannot wait to share the physical and digital pieces we've been working on uh, with Gap and Frank world, uh, fans worldwide, end quote. A collection of hoodies will be available in four rarity levels, common, rare, epic, and one of a kind. Does that mean there's only one of them? <laughs> the common NFTs will be available from 9 a.m. PT, that's Pacific, on January 13th, from 8.59 a.m. Pacific on, or 2, 8.59 a.m. Pacific on January 15th. So it looks like, what, 20, 48 hours, rather, <laughs> roughly? Yeah. They will be, oh, that's AMDM. Yeah, that's AMDM. Okay, so they'll be sold for two Tezos each. It's not very much money. At this time of this writing, only $8.30. Rare drops will be available afterwards for six Tezos each. The epic drops will be available on the 19th for 100 Tezos each. And finally, the one-of-a-kind NFT will be sold through an auction. That's good. It is, it is a very unique thing which begins on the 24th at 9 a.m. Pacific. This is actually kind of cool. I actually like this concept. Honestly, I think we should do something like this, in my opinion, if we don't have something in the works already. Gap has launched its collection through Tezos, which is uh, markets itself as a more energy efficient due to its proof of stake consensus mechanism. Energy concerns are known to be bad PR for NFTs and the broader cryptosphere with, with which uh, various subcommunities have taken issue. Quote, we are excited about the possibilities that more planet-friendly blockchain technology can unlock for us and all the new ways it will be it will enable us to connect with our customers, said John Strain, GAP's chief digital and technology officer. Hopefully, for the GAP, its collection can see more success than Ubisoft's <laughs> NFT launch last month, which barely sold a dozen NFTs for more than $400. Oh, that's so sad. That was really sad. Because they just did something so cringe. If they just didn't do this cringe, like, guys, please, don't do cringe. We know you're really into your stuff, but you really need to think about what people care about. Like, do a, what's the word? Uh, do a test run. You know? <laughs> test these things out before you get into them. 
anyways. Yep. Cool. All right, let's move on over to the next one because we still have like a hundred plus news articles. Okay, yeah, I, I'm guessing we're skipping um, the Ripple's analytics, right? Oh yeah, I uh, Polkadot analytics. We'll skip that one too. Yeah, skip uh, that. Go to Hong Kong. Bitcoin price taps 44k as inflation uh, comes in at seven percent for I, December. I, cool, you understand that. Yeah. All right, the yeah, next one we're I, going to is Hong Kong to set. <laughs> Got it. Hong Kong to set plans for cryptocurrency regulations by June 2022. Written by Dimitar Zonzarov. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority, the central bank institution of the city-state, reportedly intends to establish a new regulatory regime for digital assets by July this year. The special administrative region of China is willing to follow Singapore's path and become a cryptocurrency hub for that part of the world. According to a recent uh, coverage by Bloomberg, Hong Kong's central bank will approach the cryptocurrency industry from three aspects. Protection for local investors, comprehensive rules for authorized institution on how to deal with digital assets, and special attention to stablecoins. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority, HKMA, will is willing to put stablecoins under enhanced scrutiny. In a recent press release, the institution said such assets present possible risk regarding monetary and financial stability. The central bank noted it had been closely monitoring the development of these assets and would likely and would like to proactively share its views with the broader society. Mr. Eddie Yu, chief executive of the HKMA, revealed that the bank is waiting for feedback from stakeholders on the recent proposals. He added that it will, it will draw up a risk-based, pragmatic, and agile reg, uh, regulatory regime for the cryptocurrency industry. Mm. Currently, the Special Administrative Region of China employs a so-called op rule for local digital assets exchanges, meaning they can apply to get supervised. Not long ago, Joshua Xu, a consultant on at ONC lawyers, described this model as ineffective and the government should consider changing its policy. In May 2021, the local authorities intended to apply a rule that could allow only millionaires to trade with cryptocurrencies, around 7% of the total population of the megapolis. Back, Back then, Christopher Christopher Huey Hong Kong's Treasury Secretary called this initiative a well-thought decision. Hmm. Let's see. Last week, the cryptocurrency exchange CoinSuper became one of the hottest topics in the city-state since dozens of its clients complained that they cannot withdraw funds. Some affected users have even contacted the police to seek a solution. Executives of CoinSuper could not be located to give more details on the matter. At the, t- at the same time, the administrators of the company's Telegram chat stopped responding to queries about failed transactions over a, a month ago. Despite all these issues, the trading application and the website of CoinSuper are still functional. It sounds like they uh, hacked themselves. You're like, oh, hackers, yeah. And then they all left and like, well, if it keeps running, we'll just keep taking their money. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't. Please don't. And there's stuff there's stuff out there that just blows my mind. You know those those uh you remember those YouTube uh, f- uh fake ads where people would scan the QR codes like oh my god you know if I send them one Bitcoin he's gonna send me yep. two in return, you know yep. I can't believe people still fall for that to this day. It's like stop. 
It's yeah. st it's still a thing now. It's like been you know, like giving people forty thousand dollars for no reason whatsoever. It's just a huge donation to someone you don't know. Then you should totally do that. <laughs> Please donate to C three Media. Yes, yes. If you'd like to, we'll we, well, we're not going to make that claim because that would be evil. But if you <clears> want to <throat> give us a Bitcoin, we'll take it as a donation. <laughs> We're continuing on with the news from Dimitar Zanzarov. Uh, Strike begins, that's the company Strike, begins the Bitcoin Lightning Network to Argentina. This sounds cool. Popular digital wallet built on Bitcoin's Lightning Network, Strike, announced its launch in Argentina. As a result, the company aims to grant superior financial experience woo, to a country that faces a high level of inflation and other monetary issues. This is good. This is very good. Uh, Jack Mollers, the founder of and CEO of Strike, confirms the news in his tweet. He opined that the Bitcoin could give hope to the people of Argentina and better than, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the name of the guy that, what? it's, what's the country? I can't even think of it. Which country is the guy's building the Bitcoin city? It's, it's, <laughs> it's there in, in uh, El Salvador. El Salvador, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not Argentina. I'm just saying, it's yet another uh, Latin American country that's getting this, uh, oh. this uh, feature, but El Salvador is kind of abusing it, whereas Argentina needs it. Um, <laughs> the nation has been uh, battling high inflation for levels for years. Here's that tweet. Uh, according to uh, a separate statement, the CEO classified South American state uh, as one of the most exciting countries uh, building the Bitcoin economy. Strike's launch will enable Argentinians to hold a stable cash balance that can be spent both instantly and with no fees, he outlined. Mullers also uh, described the Bitcoin network as a superior monetary system that brings basic human freedoms. Strike is currently working with business and uh, businesses and individuals in Argentina. The firm has already launched initial services to residents in the southern city of San Mar uh, Martin de Los Andes, not Los Angeles, but Los Andes, located in Patagonia. Strike has also quadrupled its team in the region. The startup vowed to continue expanding to more countries in South America, such as Brazil and Colombia, throughout 2022. Quote, Bitcoin is the first and only monetary network in human history that works everywhere and is open to everyone. It's function, it functions in New York, San Salvador, uh, Buenos Aires equally. We'll continue expanding throughout all of Latin America and continue and globally until everyone has reliable access to world's best monetary network, Mueller said in conclusion. The company launched its mobile payments app in El Salvador. Oh, yes, they did. Last March, six months before the country officially accepted BTC as legal tender inside its borders. Back then, Mueller described the move as a shot heard round the world for Bitcoin. The exec also claimed... Uh, that the development would unleash the potential of leading cryptocurrency for daily use in an open network that benefits individuals, businesses, and public sector services. It is kind of interesting. I think the commentary that you and I have been talking about for literally years now um, is the idea that Bitcoin becomes the primary uh, currency and everyone thinks in Bitcoin instead of thinking in either U.S. dollars or the local currency. Mm -hmm. So... Is Bitcoin more stable than Argentinian money? Yeah, yeah certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, is Bitcoin stable? Not necessarily. But it also is, if you're thinking in Bitcoin by itself, it's always perfectly stable because Bitcoin compared to Bitcoin is still Bitcoin. Right. So exactly. it's a question of ding, ding, ding. whether or not uh, your local currency agrees with that. Probably not. And if that, if at least we've looked at it from the standpoint of the U.S. dollar going down in value, period, 
against any other coins currency, even including Euro, um, Bitcoin is always Bitcoin. So it's just a question of if I, I mean, I'm not going to go into the full speculation here, but it will be interesting to see how much more Bitcoin becomes the universal currency. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Next news written by George Georgiev. Bitcoin's death cross 2022 incoming. What does it mean and why it might not be as bearish as you thought? The past couple of months have been quite turbulent for Bitcoin's price, which is as volatile as ever. A little bit more than 60 days ago, BTC's price reached its all-time high slightly below $70,000, and it's now trading about 42% below that, around $43,000. This volatility has shifted the moving average quite a bit in the interim, and two of the more important ones, the 50-day and the 200-day MAs, uh, monthly averages. On moving averages. Moving, yeah. moving averages are on the verge of completing a pattern known as the death cross. A death cross is a technical uh, analysis pattern indicating two long-term moving averages are interacting in a way where the smaller ones crosses below the longer one. The most common indicators used for this are a 50-day and the 200-day moving averages. At the same, at this time of writing, the moving average 50 is on the verge of crossing below the moving average 200 and completing Bitcoin's death cross, as seen in the chart below. And so everybody knows this is not financial advice. We're just reading what they're saying. Right. And I see that uh, an infant scribbled on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, technical analysis, right? <laughs> Good. All right. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to continue on. on. Yeah, I'll yeah. just leave it out there. It's that. technical analysis. It's not really something we really like to hit on because it's not something we're trying to advise. If you want to do your own technical analysis or you want to check out what things are going on, it is interesting to see this phenomena happen, this death cross, but you really need to be into technical analysis to even comprehend what it means. Yeah. So I don't know. You want to, you want to do the Shiba Inu uh, thing? It looks or, like or um, not just, just Shiba another Inu technical hits, analysis. Yeah, 90 day lows. Yeah. She, yeah, you know, it just so, keeps going right. lower and lower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to Jack Dorsey. You want to read that one or you want me to read it? Uh, what's on Bitcoin spike six days high? Okay, Jack Dorsey, handle it. Go ahead. Jack Dorsey starts a new fund to provide legal defense to Bitcoin developers. This is also by Jordan Lanchev. Dorsey continues to work on the new Bitcoin-related endeavors by launching a new fund to provide legal defense for Bitcoin developers called Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund. Oh, very original name there, Dorsey, compared to Twitter and Block. Its first activity will be to assist in the ongoing Tulip trading lawsuit. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, in an email sent to uh, Bitcoin developers, Dorsey described the new fund as a nonprofit entity that aims to minimize legal headaches and discourage software developers from actively developing Bitcoin and, and related projects such as the Lightning Network, um, Bitcoin privacy protocols, and the like. It comes as the community has seen a growing number of multi-front litigation and continued threats, which drive individual defendants to capitulate in the absence of legal support. The main goal of the fund is to defend developers from lawsuits regarding their activities in the Bitcoin ecosystem. This includes finding and retaining defense counsel, developing litigation strategy, and paying legal bills. This is awesome. Thank mm -hmm. you, Dorsey. Yeah. It's uh, worth noting that the Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund will be completely free and voluntary for developers if they decide to seek assistance. Huh. It will have a board comprised of Dorsey, academic uh, Martin White, and Chain Code Labs co-founder Alex Morcos. Uh, responsible for choosing 
the lawsuits and defendants it works with. The fund has already chosen its first case as it it will take over coordination of the existing defense of the tulip trading lawsuit against certain developers alleging breach of fiduciary uh, duty and provide the source of funding for outside counsel. The tulip case is notorious in the crypto space as self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto, Craig Wright, uh, decided to sue numerous Bitcoin developers over an alleged hack that resulted in him losing over $4 billion worth of Bitcoin. Wright believes the developers have to intervene and reverse the transaction. Sorry, dude, you're wrong. We know you think you're right, and you think you can prove it in court, but you're not. Mm -hmm. If you were, you'd have the keys. <laughs> so, you know, if the real Satoshi Nakamoto has the keys, whoever he is, unless, unless that person either doesn't exist or took them to his grave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Or is just so secretive he doesn't care about $4 billion. <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. Okay. Uh, I support Jack. I don't know why a lot of people are so anti-Jack Dorsey. I, I, you know what? Um, he's, he's a revolutionary, and a lot not everybody's understood in their time, right? I mean, yes, he's owned two major but, companies, but yeah. or been the CEO of major companies. I mean, he started some he, major concept, concepts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, next one, written by Antonia Ischiel. Ischiel. Small Bitcoin miner beats the odds and gets 6.25 BTC reward. What? In what can be described as an uncommon scenario, a small Bitcoin miner got the block reward of 6.25 BTC. An individual with computing power of just 126 terahashes per second, the solar miner, even with the small hash, hashing power, was able to win the block race and receive the 6.25 BTC reward. You know what? His life did change. I bet it did. <laughs> the event occurred on Tuesday, January 11, 2022 at block height 7, uh, 718,124 with the mining, uh, with the miners solving the block on a solo mining pool operated by CK pool. The solo CK ranks 14th on the BTC pools ranking. Meanwhile, meanwhile the lucky entity had only about 0.00073% of a chance of mining a block. Oh my god, that's insanity. That's, it's literally like winning a lottery. It literally Jeez. is. Like, it's, only, it's only a quarter million dollar lottery. It's still not a small amount of money, but it's still... According to impressive. a tweet from Dr. Khan Kolivas, who worked on the development of the GC Miner, a cryptocurrency mining software, the chances of finding a block per day with such a small hash rate was 1 in 10,000. That's actually not bad odds. While Kolivas noted that such an event happened once in a lifetime, the software engineer said that another such smaller miner solved a block on the crypto pool a year ago. He added that it was usually larger miners that were known to solve blocks. The solar miner reward, solar miners reward of 6.25 BTC is worth over $267,000, going by the current price of Bitcoin at the time of writing. While 2% of the BTC reward goes to the platform, the miners also got the transaction fee of 0.1 BTC. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. That's cool. That's very cool. That is what you that was what you're doing it for, right? You're, yeah. It's like I'm a solar miner, solar miner, solar miner, and it's like if you solar mined. Now, for, for the rest say, of your two life, years and got nothing, quarter million dollars probably still paid all your bills. Now, this so. person can be on their on their rocking chair telling good old crypto stories to their great 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 grandchildren. Yep. Back at my days, I used to solo mine. 
And so I my won Bitcoin the block. was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm kind of hoping that's what happened with Dynamo. I've been mining Dynamo. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say how much I'm getting out of it, but I'm just going to say that uh, I'm extraordinarily bullish on Dynamo. So um, I'm not going to say why, because this is not financial advice. Continuing on with the news from Felix Mullen. Most crypto users believe cryptocurrency payments will become a standard PaySafe study reveals. The use of cryptocurrencies has grown considerably over the past year as more people fall down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I don't think it's a rabbit hole. According to a study by payment processor PaySafe, the cryptocurrency enthusiasts are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Delicious. And get paid in cryptocurrencies, ditching fiat once and for all. Well, I know people like this. I think blockchain John's one of them. The report <laughs> inside the crypto community plotting the journey to mass adoption was published in January 11th, 2022, which was yesterday, revealing the most important trends among cryptocurrency users in the US and UK. The results are encouraging for those who are confident in a positive evolution of the cryptocurrency industry and the adoption of these technologies on a global scale. Research covered a wide range of topics from the demographics and interests of the crypto community members to the motivators and knowledge of the tech of the whole ecosystem. The survey was commissioned in October of 2021 was conducted by the independent research house Sapio Research. The responses were collected by email exclusively from people who held cryptocurrencies at the time of the research. 54% of the respondents believe that cryptocurrencies are the future of finance and will eventually dominate the payments market globally. Some 60% considered that by this year, remembering that the survey was done at the end of 2021, cryptocurrencies will have a significant presence in the e-commerce sector. However, less than half of them believe that physical stores will ad adopt cryptocurrency payment methods. And here's a huge chart if you want to check it out for those who can see this. Despite the optimism, 70% of respondents said that they have been hesitant to invest in cryptocurrencies at least once in their lives. That was probably at the very beginning. Of this seg segment, 30% exited their positions when prices started to fall. People didn't have diamond hands, while the rest attributed their doubts to bad press, social media, word of mouth, among other factors. Cryptocurrency lovers want to use their tokens. 55% of respondents said that they want to receive their salary in crypto. I think I would accept that. And in fact, it currently is. <laughs> These tokens are especially popular among millennials and Gen Z. 60% of 18 to 24 year olds would be happy to receive their salary in cryptocurrencies. When the age rises to 23 to 34 year old, I think this is the group we're in, right? Old, uh, the preference drops to 58%, while the percentage goes to 57% when the age is between 35 and 44. I'm in that section. Respondents top reason for receiving a salary in cryptocurrencies is that they believe it is a wise investment that could appreciate value over time. The second choice is that they believe cryptocurrency payments will be popular in the future. Yes, they will. Some 16% commented that they no longer trust traditional banks. I wonder why. Also, the study found that men tend to be avid traders. 71% of respondents said that they engage in day trading. Not a good idea, my opinion. While 68% say they trade once a day and 58 go to exchanges several times a week. And here is a big chart showing more stuff. Finally, in contrast, women are more cautious, preferring to trade more extended positions. For example, 29% day trade and 61% trade once a year. Wow, that is a lot of women that only trade once a year. Well, it must be a woman because I don't do much trading. 
Well, it's not so much trading, but it's like buying is technically trading. You're just not selling. So. Exactly. I'm a hodler, so, yeah. Yes, you're a diamond hands hodler. Diamond hands to the max. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last article is from Fed Chair. Oh, no, Fed sorry, Chair. from Andrew from... Rulavas. Yeah. Ruvalas. Yeah, not financial advice, Pulse X. All right, so last news of the day, let's see here is, uh, you said Fed Chair? Okay, got it. Uh, written by Andrew Thorlovas, Thro Thro something like that. Uh, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, appears to have reserved one of his previous positions on the relationship between CBDCs and stablecoins. Testifying in front of the U.S. Congress, he suggested that both could coexist without the former replacing the latter. Powell discussed the possibility of a Federal Reserve-issued CBDC during his renomin uh, renomination hearing on Tuesday. Republican Senator Pat Toomey, a known crypto advocate, asked if a Fed-issued CBDC would preclude the existence of well-regulated, privately-issued stablecoins. Quote, nah, not at all. <laughs> Just say, nah, 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 son. <laughs> Responding Responded Powell. Powell. <laughs> This is a far less hawkish attitude towards stablecoins than we heard from Powell last year. In July, he suggested that a CBDC's primary benefit would be to replace crypto, including stablecoins. That said, Powell has no intention to of banning other cryptocurrencies outright, setting in the U.S. Reg uh, regulatory approach uh, apart from China. Nonetheless, stablecoins are a hot topic among regulators right now. Both industry leaders and the Congress people presented conflicting viewpoints on the subject during a hearing last month, whereas the industry considers stablecoins a complement to the financial system. Maxine Waters suggested that they could be a threat to the U.S. dollar. Some even suspect that stablecoins could be classified as securities. Bum, bum, bum. Other questions exist about the practical uh, utility of privately issued stablecoins if a CBDC existed. However, the issuance of a CBDC it still seems a long way off. Powell has previously stated that he'd rather do this right than do it fast, leaving room for Tether, PAX, and USDC to operate in its absence. You know, so I don't know. That's, that's kind of... That's... Mm, mm. I feel like that's just kind of... just pushing it under the rug that's but there, there has to be some kind of progress give us an update of how far this is considering that china's already done it and they already tested it and it's working good and now it's cycling over to the masses and people are adopting it and they're good now we have el salvador that has the chiva wallet they're moving it forward they're gonna start creating their own stable coins other nations are sorry i almost knocked down my monitor <laughs> I'm, I'm waving my hand around Excited. like come on man give us don't just say that that's so Ugh, ugh, ugh. Anyways, let's see. The, 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 the Fed plans to release a report investigating the pros and cons of a CBDC implementation within uh, the next few weeks. Please, and, and anybody that's listening or watching this, uh, even you, Jake, if you get an update on this, let me know what's going on, man. I want to know what's going on with this thing. The most widely discussed topic during the hearing was inflation, which has become the Fed's top priority since reaching nearly 40 years high in November. We, we talked about this. Powell said that with inflation well above target, the economy no longer needs or wants the very high uh, 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 shoot. Accommodative. accommodative policies that we've had in place. The chairman continues to signal that the Fed will prioritize raising interest rates as soon as possible to combat the issue. 
Sure. Sure they will. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know what they're doing. I think they're just going to try to make it go burr. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. That's all they know. Seriously, that's the reality, man. That's all they, that's all they know. Just push that button. You know what? Add a couple more zeros. There you go. You know, I know. They, and get they and they, pay out ninety five percent to the rich, and then whatever's left, that five percent, go ahead and just give them a stimulus. You know, divide it amongst the masses. You know, there's the five yeah. percent out of that whole entire stimulus. And then when 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 shit hits the fan, you know what's going to be left over is that uh, obviously prices go up on all products. You know, you get you get less out of your 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 your, your spending powers. That's why I love crypto, mm-hmm. man. It's frustrating that people are suffering like this, dude. Crypto, I'm, I'm seriously. I'm gonna say what I said earlier, man. I'm, I'm so happy that I'm financially free because of crypto, because of the Satoshi Nakamoto writing that white paper and giving me the opportunity to read that, man. And that yep, crazy Russian Mil- that yelled at me. Milton Freeman's, Milton Freeman's, uh, uh, dream, as it were, uh, of, of freeing us from the tyranny of our governments, in a sense. I mean, yes, we still have to live in these countries, and I, I'm not opposed to living in this country, even still, despite the weirdness. Um, but yeah, the fact is, we finally have a currency that's universally accepted, albeit not always easy to trade to other people who don't have computers in their pockets. Um, I know you can do it on, on paper, but you, you have to eventually get back on a computer in order to get the value out of it. But um, yeah, I am grateful that we have these things. It is... You know, long time you know what's crazy is early in the days there was in third world countries you know surprisingly in third world countries a lot of people do have uh, flip phones you know those $25 flip phones where you can send a couple text messages here and there you know just a couple so what the, oh, I know. a long time ago what they used to do I don't know if it ever came back it probably did somebody probably re- revamped it but the original um, payment method using crypto in third world countries with their phone via text was amazing but unfortunately that company that startup uh, went belly up because they weren't well, what they we need to do is restart it but it needs to be blockchain only it needs to not be a company it needs to be done blockchain only well, that, that's what it was so they created this the software but you know to i guess to maintain um the services i think it was i forgot what what the issue was uh, but they ended okay. up having to let it go. They they had to stop making uh making any progress on 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 the particular um, code. So they let it go. I know I know that I wanted to talk about this. I know it's not explicitly news, although it's somewhat news related. Is cryptodes, uh, cryptodes. Um, I finally got really more interested in cryptodes, so I understand what it's all about. I'm not personally into Pokemon, as you well know. I'm not into that. Um, but I'm into the idea of what Cryptotoads or um, uh, Total Mayhem could be or is already becoming in that uh, promoting uh, the idea I'm promoting. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even promoting it. I'm just promoting the concept of it, not the game itself, the concept of it. I am promoting it because I'm looking at it from the standpoint of people who live in countries where making and I'm going to use U.S. dollars in this case because I don't necessarily know what it is explicitly in those countries that their own currency is. But if your daily income, and I'm going to compare it to the daily income, this is a really cool mind experiment to, to understand the distinction. The daily income of the poverty level of, of a U.S. citizen is like, um, what is it, $40 a day 
It's like that's like an income for a person who is working, you know, minimum wage or less than minimum wage, or roughly around that. So basically, the bottom of the barrel for a person barely getting by in the U.S. is forty dollars a day. Um, I think let's see, we could see that's explicitly right, but it, it's like a minimum bare minimum. Uh, it's like seven dollars fifty cents times eight hours. So it's like that's sixty dollars a day. Leave that number. Typically in India, it's two dollars a day. That's an income for a person living in India. And I'm not talking about everybody. I'm just talking the bare minimum. $2. So it's a 30 to 1 difference between the U.S. Mm -hmm. and India. Mm -hmm. If you can just get $2 a day mm -hmm. off of this crypto toads or total mayhem game, you can live. You can survive, right? Um, but you can actually make a lot more than that playing this game. And I've seen it from other, plenty of other games out there, plenty of other things you can participate in the U.S. over the Internet. Um and make, you know, 30 or 40, 50, maybe not a day, but, you know, you could make more, far more than you would normally from just working a typical job in, in, in the streets of India than you would, um, uh, you would normally expect to make, you know, so if it's $2 a day, that's, that's, you know, $10 a week, that's not very much, but if you could just get 20 or 30 bucks in a week, it's way more than you normally get, right? Mm -hmm. So, distinction that concept is like we just have to play the simple game it's on your phone you have a phone you have access you don't even have to have internet you could be like on someone's wi-fi near your house and just be able to play the game right mm -hmm. and then you could make you know the, the the money you need to survive and the reason i was comparing that to is it's like if if a person who only who only can get two dollars that's the norm per day so ten dollars a week compared to a U.S. citizen that would normally get $60 a day or $720 a week. Actually, no, it's more like three, uh, three, five, $300 a week. Um, that would be equivalent if a person who would normally get two is getting 20 a day. It would be like 20 would be, what, um, uh, 200. That's a, t what, 10 to 1 ratio? Imagine if you were a person in the U.S., and that's the reason I'm making this analogy. Imagine you're a person in the U.S. who normally gets $60 a day. Multiply that times 10. That's $600 a day, equivalent to a person in India, to making making the analogy to what a person in the United States would get. I don't even make $600 a day. <laughs> My entire farm doesn't even make $600 a day. <laughs> um, that's a lot more than you would need. And mm -hmm. if you make even let's say let's say you play the game for for you know five days, three grand, right? Three grand for a week's worth of playing a silly game, right? That puts it into context to a person living in the U.S. You know, I, I think the the one of the better salaries I had, the, the better jobs I've ever had, I was making ten grand a month. That was the best I've ever done. And um, if I can make three grand a week, that's still more than I was making at the best job I've ever had. So the, the, the contrast is that in these other, these other countries where this, this game is more practical and more, more fun to, or not fun to play, but just more practical is giving people a leg up over the terrible job positions they could possibly get at a bare minimum, you know, yeah. working, as a, a working, selling flowers or working you know, in, a, in a restaurant or something like that in, in their native country. You know, what, you know um, what's cool that you know, blockchain opens up a lot of, um, financial doors to third world countries yes if they can if they can yes. if they have the ability to tap into it which all they really need no joke is a 50 dollar android phone you know android yep. a smartphone you know you could th those are easily purchasable anywhere 
and everywhere. Fifty dollars smartphone, and I say it's this minimum investment. And and I, minimum fifty dollars investment. Yep. And I say this because I just had somebody do that for me. Create. Sorry, let me go into a little more detail. He literally spent two hours creating a pixel image of me that took him two hours and then minted it as an NFT on the Ravencoin blockchain. Now that he he gave that to me, but that's that has some value to it now, man. He's invested two hours of his time and I'm gonna be donating well, I'm not gonna say how much, but I'm gonna be giving him some some Ravencoin as a tip. You know, as my donation to him. You know. A thank you. Right. You know. But it's one of those things that the reality is that, dude, his phone he doesn't have a super uh, gaming laptop, gaming computer. People think that you need to spend two thousand dollars. No, I said, did you do this? He's like, yeah. How did you do this on my on my phone? What do you mean on your phone? Yeah, there's an app right here with pixels, and you just kind of poke it and just make your little pixel uh, uh, um, image. And he just looks at my photos, and then he just went one by one, clicked it, click, click, click. And he says every single image is different, but uh, mine took about two hours. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's it's uh, it, I'm gonna put this exactly. I, the only other analogy I can think of is when I was in um, gosh, what was it? Right out of college in the early 2000s, um, I'm, my next door neighbor is much older than me. He been you know, he went to the same school I did, but many years earlier. Um, he was he had amazing photographs all over the walls of his tiny little apartment. It was a studio he lived in, um, and. With just a just a minimal investment, I gave him one of my old cameras, and he took it up to the Santa Cruz Mountains, which is just south of where I lived, um, and took some just amazing photographs with that tiny little cheap camera I gave him. And then he framed those and sold them. I was like, you know what we can do here? We can make you a website. You can sell your photos on the website and basically maintain your income. He's like, well, at that point, he was retired, so he didn't need the money. Mm -hmm. But um, just that simple act of giving this guy a website where he could sell his photography gave him far more income than he had in fact he was able to move out of that place not not two years later and move to an actual house and not just live in a, in a, uh, a studio any longer but he'd been that for a long long time it's just the simplest thing the simplest thing to get you just like you just said the guy making that that uh, image for you uh as an nft on his phone so many things that technology and in particular crypto lends itself to to giving people a leg up in this world. Mm -hmm. So this is this is the thing that I, I, I know cryptocurrency as a currency has value. But the, the other functions that are implied or enacted in crypto is really the true value of crypto. That's the thing that I think it's more important for people to see. So many other things that you can do, not just trading for money trading for goods and services yeah. so that is why we love crypto yep all right let's wrap this up man i got the coin cool. tree open here go ahead all right uh we appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end of our uh <laughs> hour plus long uh, podcast here on wednesday evening uh we uh if you like our video we appreciate a like on youtube and if you'd like to continue hearing more of these things, we'd appreciate it. Subscribe as well as you can hit the notification bell. We do post every Wednesday and Sunday as well as Thursdays when we actually have interviews. Uh, we're also on Discord. You can check that link. Uh, we've been doing a lot of interesting things like the Raven Torch passing, which is also very interesting going on. We also have stickers. You want to participate in that. It's almost over. Isn't it going to end tomorrow or is it ending today? I can't remember what Mike said. Um, 
We're also on Patreon. We have the three different levels you can participate in. And if you don't want to do that, we also accept Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, and uh, Bat, and Raven. All the descriptions are in the coin tree in the description below. Awesome. Cool. All right, Cryptonauts. Thank you, Jake. And thank you, Lisa, even though she's not with us anymore. Um, <laughs> she's taking a nap. She'll be back on next time. With that said, all right, Cryptonauts, until next time. Stack sets and huddle. Adios.